0: the
1: voice of the king
0: women you are the queens of our nation the mother of our home the pride of our children a light always left on you are refined in your ways a woman of substance substantially phased by her everyday conscience a conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home but the home of her brethren styled as a graceful woman on her throne empowering lives to be filled with pride hope love beauty nourishment soul faith bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of cover mode Asalaamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode with me, Rashan
2: Isaacs. As promised, Shinaz Mus joins us in studio once again for part two of Developing or Improving Your Self-Esteem. Shinaz Mus is a registered psychological counselor who saw a great need for offering emotional support to adults, children, couples, and families in her community specializing in counseling and workshops for adults and children that focus on building emotional intelligence or EQ. Last week we covered why people suffer from a low self-esteem, what the lifelong repercussions of consistent negative messages from our childhood are, and whether we can change what we think and feel about ourselves. I'd like to welcome Shanaz Mohsin to the studio. As-salamu alaykum
1: Yes, here we are again, all ready to go. And hopefully, this week it doesn't feel like I ran out of time. We get to cover what what we want to cover today.
2: And before I forget, you are welcome to contact us in studio or send us a WhatsApp. Um, the number to contact is 21 3530 That's 21 3530 Or on the WhatsApp number 072-238-0712. 072-238-0712 two. let's just recap on what the benefits of having a good self esteem is.
1: Sure. Now you you I know the track. track. We are <laughs> just grabbing what <laughs> we're gonna talk about and then we you talk about what we spoke about already. And <laughs> good self esteem, you know, we spoke about liking yourself yes. and and um knowing your own worth and your value. Obviously based on that you will be able to make good decisions and go towards um people that Sort of resonate that same goodness in you Mm -hmm. So you feel you are worth something You'll be around people who value you And who value themselves Uh So already that's going to set the tone For quite a a, a more interesting Positive life And I think that um, the more Positive energy you have The more positive results in your life will unfold, I mean like the to say, one is connected. Be positive and draw positivity. Yeah you draw positive and like-minded people towards you. Oh awesome
2: and uh, you know I looked in the dictionary and, um, <laughs> on what self-esteem is but I also have Shunaz here okay. who nicely explained that for us and um, this is what I got in terms of self-esteem is the value that we give ourselves and the opinion we have of our, ourselves which is spot on exactly what Shunaz mm. said and in sociology and psychology self-esteem reflects a person's overall subjective emotional evaluation of his or her own worth it is a judgment of oneself as well as an attitude Toward the self, which is so, and if I just break that down, the attitude we have to ourselves, and sometimes we are very negative yeah. on ourselves. In fact, sometimes we can also be our biz- biggest critic.
1: A, yeah, we are worst, our worst enemy mm-hmm. in, in so many ways.
2: So, how do we learn to, okay. You know, in fact, let's start with this. You posted, um, I I think in the last few days, Mm -hmm. um, the steps to improve your self-esteem. And they were know yourself, understand what makes you feel great, recognize things that get you down, set goals to achieve what you want, develop trusting friendships that make you feel good, don't be afraid to ask for help, stand up for your beliefs and values, help someone else, take responsibility for your own actions, and take good care of yourself. And those were ten steps to improve your self-esteem. So let's break it down because it's one thing to see that in front of you, and yeah. and not really know how are you going to get to know yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's so. It's like a corny line: know yourself. You know, yeah, you say <laughs> I went off and I. I went to find myself and, and the older generation yeah, some people climb say, Kilimanjaro, yeah, people we say go, why? go to yeah. Hajj. <laughs> it, it, that finding yourself is about finding... Is, uh, uh, it's, it's an inner journey, it's about finding your center. Mm-hmm. And I think all through your life you get communicated messages which t- takes you away from who you are to what others are expecting you to be. Mm. So you're shaping yourself into an individual to please others. So you are one way when you're at school, teacher wants this, I come home, my parents want this, I get married. Um, I'm constantly molding and molding, but somewhere along the line, you forgot your own identity.
2: Mind you, my parents always say, don't believe everything the teacher tells you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you know, I think that, 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 that there's so much good teachers can do. Mm-hmm. And this can be so empowering, mm-hmm. you know, when the fit between the child and the teacher is right. Right. And I. I really believe that. Yeah. Yes, I'm a huge promoter of of that. The right teacher with with mm-hmm. your child is an excellent year, but not all of us always get that. Okay, we're going off track. So let's go <laughs> back to, to <laughs> knowing. knowing yourself. So know, knowing yourself is 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 a it's a journey about okay, not I like strawberry milkshake over chocolate. Mm-hmm. Not as simplistic as that. We're talking about um, when when you know who you are. You actually have a path, an unconscious path to how your life will unfold mm-hmm. because you will move towards things that resonate with your being. Yeah. You won't say, oh, I studied journalism, but you know, I hate writing, mm-hmm. you know, or oh, I'm doing this, but I hate public speaking. So you're very far off from, from who you are. Right. Because, um, and I, and I remember when we, we finished school, my sister and I and my dad would say, do, t- do she teaching, there's bursaries for that. And my sister wanted to be a teacher, so it fit for her. But he told me to do IT because that was when IT was starting off Ah. and he said languages become um, someone who can translate because you always have a job Mm -hmm. and I hated both those things Ah. and I did what I wanted which was psychology and I enjoyed it but when I finished studying I couldn't find a job Mm. and then I thought back to to those words and there was there was lots of value in what he said but imagine if I had done one of those things Mm -hmm. because that is what You'd would be, be like that many people who are stuck in a job that yeah. they
0: really
2: never wanted to be in.
1: And you find a lot of people change come 40. Mm-hmm. It's when you start, 40 used to be the halfway mark of your life. People say, What's this midlife crisis? And then you start reassessing what it is that you want for yourself and who you are. People change jobs. Mm-hmm. Some buy sports cars, <laughs> some trade their wives for some younger model oh. or their husbands <laughs> for a younger model because they realize that um, this th- sure. uh, I, I'm not feeling fulfilled anymore. But fulfillment is not an outside thing. Mm-hmm. It's an inside thing. Mm-hmm. So you can go through five spouses and still be looking for fulfillment. You can go through 10 jobs you know, in, in 10 years and you're still on this climb. It's like a... Sure, I, I don't know how to put it, but if you were climbing Kilimanjaro, you're climbing it, and there's no end. Yeah, there's no end to it because you haven't figured out that this outward, this outward filling is not an inward piece. You mm-hmm. won't, you won't find the fulfillment there. And when you know yourself, you'll know exactly. Actually, no, I, that's not what I want to do. And maybe I don't want to be married anymore. But I don't need to find somebody else to fill that space. Mm-hmm. This is me being me alone. And a lot of people are afraid to take that journey because they don't know what they'll find. Mm. Or they may not like what they find anymore because it's such a long time since I sat with myself mm-hmm. and thought about myself. And I mean, a hard question is, do I like myself? Mm. And the, the self that you're talking about may be the self that's shaped over time by everyone else's input. So I guess it's having that conversation with yourself
2: and yep. asking and, and really just going deep in. Who am I? What am I about? What do I like? Yeah. What don't I like? Why does things upset mm. me? Why don't they? What, why does this make me happy? And people know when that light sort of sparks yeah. whether it's a career or a subject or a conversation there's something that triggers that sort of tells you this is, this. this
1: is me. This is what I'm drawn to. This is what I love. And, and, and I think with a lot of people it's it's you you come to realize at a certain age you know what i've always had a passion for something mm-hmm. it's always brought me joy to to make a difference in the world but when you're 20 something your make a difference is pay my bond pay mm-hmm. my car you know i have a family that's where my goal so that's your goal oriented focus mm-hmm. And then you come to your mid thirties and your early forties and you 're like more in your hippie Zen vibe where you want to find yourself and you you know you'll find that there's a, a a large portion of people in that age group that now went on Hajj the mm-hmm. last ten years because that 's the search now, and people are more affluent they can afford it so back in our day, people went in their sixties and seventies because it took you mm-hmm. that, that whole time to save to up save the money up. Mm-hmm. but now you have this younger generation going and that they have the means but did you find yourself mm. when you went what was the connection that was made when you were there because if you come back unaltered from that that's the ultimate finding yourself Right. Um, and I was just reading something on Facebook, and they were talking about in when, when you're there, no matter if you came with special services or you on in five-star accommodation, on those few days, everyone is the same.
2: Mm-hmm. Like the one chef said, when you're on Mina, yes. you get all stars. Yeah, get more than five stars all out the
1: f- there. <laughs> So it was so interesting because I'm very much a luxury person, and I thought, oh, my word, I told my husband, no, definitely the And he looks at me, and he just nods. He's been on Hajj already, so he just nods. You know, thinking you don't know nothing <laughs> but now and I that I connected that it isn't about that, that mm-hmm. at that moment and I think that's your make or break point in knowing yourself. That when you are at that point where there's no one else, there's all these other people, but this isn't about them. And I guess that, that goes to you
2: know, point two year, yeah, you know, which is understanding what makes you feel great. Yeah. Um, in terms of where you are at that time or at that point in your life. Um Yeah, and that's true and what about recognizing things that get you down because sometimes some people are stuck in mm. that rut all the time so they don't really know what lifts them up uh, but they they i mean
1: everything about their life they feel gets them down. down i think you know that that saying about focus on the positive comes in here and um it 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 is a powerful tool your mind can shape and uh, my daughter's actually sitting in the studio now with with me. She's not on the show but she's sitting with me today. And as we left for our two day road trip, my the first thing my little one didn't pack in his toothbrush. And I would normally go berserk and you know, and that, that that'll ruin the whole holiday. No toothbrush. No. Do you remember I am a recovering perfectionist? Mark. <laughs> yes, I am a recovering perfectionist. So for me that that's imperfection in the journey. Mm-hmm. But there were so many steps along the way which broke down the journey where we could have we had a puncture and then would love nowhere. Oh dear. And we had all these experiences happen to us, all because this the end goal was a road trip, mm-hmm. which is my kids never had a long one. Um, time alone with, with with them in that kind of way. I got all those things, but the focus is I, if I'd let myself get put down Rashan, by the toothbrush, the puncture, the cracked windscreen, which I also got on the journey. All these things happened to us, um, telling you, oh, just abandon this or, or be miserable. And we weren't even at our destination yet. We were still on the road for two days. So when we got to our destination, we were to so leave. but I decided that. This is what this is about. I want to be here in this moment. And nobody else gave me that. Mm -hmm. My husband didn't say, you know, stop sulking, this, this or that. My kids didn't say anything. I took it upon myself. And that's the power you have. I decided that old me would have been moaning and totally dick pic (laughs) from the toothbrush all the way to the flat tie, all the way to everything. I decided, no, I don't want that to be... Mm -hmm. The tone, I think we spoke about the essence of the holiday and I said if I allowed that to take over it wouldn't have been. And it's so easy for it to it take is. over. It's, it's It's the go-to method. Mm-hmm. If you're someone that is always looking for perfection, and I think that also comes in with self-esteem, that society is giving us this image, Rashan, of what a mother is, what a woman is, you know, what a Muslim should be. And we all striving, yes you should strive to be, but when you strive and are unhappy with your improvement. If you keep on looking at that top of Mount Kilimanjada isn't there, you're never going to be pleased with your effort. And I actually read something,
2: strange enough, I actually made notes of, of mentioning this, and I think now is a perfect timing, and it's extracted from the themuslimgirl.com. She says that, day in, day out, we are constantly told by the media and by society that we are not beautiful mm-hmm. enough, that we are not good enough. With women placed on an extremely high pedestal where they only seem to be valued for their bodies and mm-hmm. not their brains, it's no wonder that so many girls lack self-esteem. And then in another, another paragraph, she says, the whole day we are bombarded by that remind us that we are not the right size, the right shape, mm. the right color or the fact that our noses are too big, our eyes too small, our hips too wide, our skin too dark and so many other things. We are told that we need makeup, know that we require it to even be considered beautiful, to even step out of the house. It's no wonder that so many of us struggle with self-esteem issues. And um, And that is, you know, and and that could also boil down to, you know, peer pressure, Mm. family. um, And you also mentioned earlier is that we draw people around us um, depending on the way we feel about ourselves. So if we have a negative, you know, uh, view of ourselves, we sort of draw that people who are on the same ruts or in the same situation that need to get out of it Mm -hmm. or When we are positive, we can draw the right sort of people um, towards Towards us that also encourage and
1: motivate the same sort of um, Mm -hmm. mindsets. Yeah, I think, you know, the body image issue, I mean, it's one of the things that I cover when I do the kids' workshop, Mm -hmm. and and I always try to get a child's view of what they think they should look like. (laughs) Um, And surprisingly enough, I mean, I think when my daughter was nine, and she came home and she said that she said talk about cellulite and she was like <laughs> like a stick oh, and what does she know about cellulite? exactly like and, then, and then that, the, that age ex- yeah. and then she came and she said now the girls in school were saying about and i said no my child you have absolutely zero <laughs> you know don't look at your body and, and make those references because you're going to start to see what isn't there and there's the catch mm-hmm. um so and i mean body shape is is can be a shape, it isn't a definition of who you are, mm-hmm. you know. And everybody you hear is always wanting to lose more weight, even the most stunningly shaped woman says, You know, just one more kilo, just toning here. Just this, I mean, you know, yeah, I tend
2: to not worry about weight as definitely. much as fats because losing F- the right amount of fat and mm. of, uh, having the right mm. amount of fat is more important because For you your do house, not want yes. any
1: killer fat like that, visceral fat. yeah. <laughs> So I think your approach should be, I mean, I started now recently looking more at health and, and moving towards feeling healthier. Mm-hmm. And if weight loss and these other things happen along the way, yes, that's part of the journey. Because you could end up building muscle. Yeah. So the, it's not going to exactly. mean you're going to lose weight. So the thing was about <laughs> I feel better. I feel energetic. Right. And when you feel better and energetic, you're going to have a more positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just connected. And it's also to do about that endorphins
2: and yep. that adrenaline and everything that's going on that also triggers sort of the way the mind or the brain.
1: Yeah, um, your happy deals. hormones. Exactly. So, I mean, I know um, I've got a sister who, who, and, has, and a husband who run and I understand the love of running mm-hmm. because of the endorphins. Imagine if you had this natural way to kickstart yourself mm-hmm. into feeling happy. So you, the new craze I mean, that's taking over Cape Town and, and, and all over the country the last four to six years has been clubs, running mm. clubs. And it's because it's a really healthy, natural way to get happy. Yes. You know, if, you can, if your body can keep up with it, then it's definitely something you should and do. And also
2: have people with the same common goal. Yeah,
1: and the social, there's a lot of social aspects into getting together and doing something that you enjoy together.
2: So, Shinoz, how do we set goals to achieve... You know where we'd like to be or how we'd like to feel mm. is is that are we able to
1: set goals I think that you know what it's not a way we were raised actually we weren't talk t- t- told as kids to have goals and be goal orientated and there was just this end result that you must pass matric then you graduate then you go work and then you get married yeah those were these huge <laughs> goals that were put out for you and I think that it's it's because what happens is you're missing out on the on the mindful element of being in the moment that gets you to the first goal, which is being uh, matriculant, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 trials and the fun and the hard. Those moments are shaping you. Mm. So when you have smaller goals, that is more than you actually actually know when you've achieved it because that was a small goal. So for instance, um, if if you wanted to, oh, let me get let me think of something okay, I want to learn how to swim, which I said. So obviously I've got to go, go out there and find somebody and, and commit and give myself a time, a decent timeline to learn something basic. Not to become uh, uh, Chad McClure or whatever, yeah. <laughs> just to be able to get across the pool is a pool. It's always a like goal. preparing a business plan. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, like, you know, okay, you have you your long-term re- goals. You, you look like the term. business plan type, <laughs> for I'm I'm the impulsive type in a way. But I mean, in terms of somebody wanting to for instance lose a lot of weight don't think about your goal weight mm. set a small attainable goal if you never walked at all as an exercise your first goal should be a 30-minute walk
2: mm-hmm.
1: once for that week and somewhere along the line it either becomes longer or it becomes more often in, mm-hmm. the, in the week so there, there's one goal done and when you have smaller goals you feel so accomplished which is what shapes self esteem.
2: And I guess it's also about celebrating those little those those yeah. those smaller goals as well. Because we we sometimes say, My long term goal mm. is this and until we reach that long term goal, we're not yet satisfied. But it's those steps in getting to yeah. that final goal that you you know, the moment you put your foot into that water that's
0: a
1: goal. That's a goal. That's like, luck. you know, you're you you Who cares about Your the water <laughs> <laughs> the moment I put on the bather? You know, I've got to take all the cobwebs off the annual bather and, oh and put it on. There's the first step. <laughs> so, yeah, so
2: setting goals, you know, sm- smaller goals that are reachable. I guess it's it's that whole, you know, smart, you know, stick to simple, s- straightforward, nothing too difficult. And then you feel like if we send, if we put out goals that are almost feel yeah. unachievable then we are going to get be hard on ourselves eventually uh-huh. and
1: we're going to lose focus as well and put it write it down and put it up where you can see it so it's not wishy-washy
2: I'm chatting to Shanaaz Moers, a um, registered psychological counselor who specializes in counseling and workshops for adults and children that focus on building emotional intelligence and, um, sorry, or EQ, as we all know it to be. And we are discussing self esteem and we're uh, talking through methods and steps on how to improve your self esteem. Shanaaz, developing trusting friendships that make you feel good.
1: Yeah, well, that was also the point about mm-hmm. the positive energy and yes. the positive people, you know. The one thing you, you get from, from when you have a workshop with women, they'll always talk about whenever they go to a particular person's house, they leave their feeling so low and so emotionally abused. And, yeah. and then I'd say, okay, tell me, tell me what happens. And then they'll be critiqued from the moment they step in with what they're wearing. Oh. So either it's like the scarf doesn't match the outfit or, or that outfit's too tight for you or you know whatever it is. And that's the first thing. And if you brought something to eat, a me- to share, your food gets critiqued. Mm-hmm. Then you have children. Your children get critiqued how they look or how they behave. You then try to parent them while they do something wrong or right. That gets critiqued. Oh, and, and all during this whole two hours or whatever the duration is that you're there, you are being broken down bit by bit. And my thing is that if you don't have to be there, don't
2: go. Mm -hmm. We're going to pick up on that conversation um, right after the break. You're listening to Cover Mode with me, Roshan Isaacs, and we have Shanaz Moos in the studio talking to us about self-esteem.
0: Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode.
2: Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to cover mode. I'm your host Rashawn Isaacs and we're chatting about self-esteem, which is the value that we give ourselves and the opinion we have of ourselves. Talking to us about it is Shanaaz Moors of uh, Happy Confident Me. And if you want to see what she offers, and I think she also has a blog on there, so you can actually go into it and read a little bit more about various topics on her blog. It's called, it is, sorry, www.happyconfidentme.co. Dot Za, Shanaaz, we were chatting about developing uh, or you know trusting friendships that make you feel good, and and I think that extends to friendships, colleagues. Uh, well, you can't really choose your colleagues, but and you can't also choose your family. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you are in the workplace or in the family space, it's
1: how you choose to, I guess, interact interact mm-hmm. with them and watch and, and how much. So if you have to be somewhere, and it's a function at a wedding. Go at the last minute <laughs> and leave as soon as the bride, uh, uh, whatever. Don't still stay afterwards. And with colleagues, you can choose who you want to interact with. So if they come into your break room and you just leave, or mm-hmm. but when it's someone you got to work with, it's a little bit more challenging. I say just maintain a civil relationship. But if there are too many negative people, including your immediate supervisor or manager, should really consider another job, either mm-hmm. transferring to different division. Or department, if it's possible, because it, your your self esteem cannot manage that over a long term. Mm. There's only so much positivity oh gosh, and positive energy. Of a lot of the
2: battered and abused people at work.
1: You know, so <laughs> it's it's really up to you, and and I really wish that they when they put someone in management, they tested. Is this person emotionally intelligent enough to lead other people? Mm-hmm. Do they have empathy? Mm-hmm. Will they be beneficial for other people's and self-esteem? And quite a number
2: of managers don't, don't. have that. They yeah. don't. Have,
1: it's not considered a high priority in mm-hmm. terms of um, employment. And I just like with, with schooling and success, I think with work, emotionally intelligent people relatively do well. Because they have the balance mm-hmm. between, okay, I can read people. I know it's inappropriate now to reprimand this person Be in a room with others. Let yeah. me do this when we're alone, you know, then then that can be a private moment. But a lot of people don't have that ability, so they just, you know, let loose and it rip no matter where oh, they are.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially in high-pressured environments. Definitely. Oh, that's probably the worst. Um, uh, well, if you're. On this journey of, you know, improving your self-esteem, is it okay to ask for help?
1: I think that that's the hardest part. Um, People who have low self-esteem often think that it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. That how will you judge me even more if I can't solve my own problems? I'm supposed to figure things out or yeah I am a parent but I can't cope. Mm. I can't tell anyone because they already think that this or that of me. So often that for me the the people who have a higher in social and emotional intelligence actually know when and where and who to go to because Mm. obviously it's the who you may just approach the wrong person for help you know so, so often I just think that in our community, counseling and therapy and all those things are seen in a negative way. And I, I put myself out there and my practice out there saying that people who come for support have more strength. It's not a sign of weakness. So whether you're coming for an individual issue, a couple issue or a family or you bring you send your child, it's a sign that you've recognized this is out of my means of coping. Alright, my child needs a little bit more than I can give. It's not a weakness, and I think that I don't know when or where that that viewpoint's going to change because people often don't want others to know they're coming for counselling or they're sending their child. I remember when I posted a photo of the of the workshop, kids, I had someone respond on Facebook, but you said it's confidential, why you? So I said I would never post without the child you, yeah. and the parent's mm-hmm. permission. So obviously the people who are wanting to hide don't want to send their kids. Mm-hmm let alone even have that fear that someone's going to know that their child has anger issues or, you know, just wants to build up the EQ. So for me, it's it's that whole thing about a confidentiality and, 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 and trust. But you, you need to be in a space where you realize that I have to trust somebody mm-hmm. else outside myself because I'm not coping alone.
2: I love that. And, you know, like you say, um, it's okay. I think people also wait for the last it's like the last resort is going to see someone yeah
1: definitely I mean this so then you know by the time they come to you it's it's uh, it's, (laughs) sometimes I had a woman come to a workshop and I said to her you know in February 2015 you sent me a message asking for a weekday workshop because you're a mom at home and she came the workshop was June June 2016 and I told her every time I advertised the same workshop you put your name on and you kept on saying can we have it in the week in the morning can we have it not on a saturday um and i said to her this is how long you wanted sure so i said to her i'm i do not know how you lasted this long <laughs> and i've got a list every time women respond to the workshop i keep a date and a name and you find the repetition over same names and only when i put the list together do I see oh yeah you yeah oh yeah you yeah every time. And for me it's it's that that's only half the step. Because once you say you're interested, I then contact you. Here's the biggest step. Now you must take the commitment when mm. you're saying you I want help, I want to become more connected and emotionally um mature as a parent, you need to take the second step which is, yeah, I'm going, because the self-awareness part, I think we spoke about that a bit last week, that self-awareness part, I challenge that. You start off session one, and we're all about self-awareness and where we are and what made us this way and, you know, what what parenting of my parents is in my parenting and all these things that you have to look at and, and, and things you may have never thought about before.
2: Kiss guess I'll say, you know, nothing's going to happen unless you make it happen happen. unless you make the decision that you know Mm. whether you put it out there like many times that they've put their name down um and then there's also a right time and a Mm. right place and they felt they 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 had that energy to put their Mm. best foot forward and do this Mm. um The next point that we had on that list was standing up for your beliefs and values. And this goes for any age from young to, you know, old. And uh, a lot of people suffered standing up Mm. for themselves. They find it difficult to say what they feel or stand for um, or that they don't do that because it's not in their belief mm-hmm. or it's not in their value system and also having a good value system in work, in family, mm-hmm. relationships all of those sorts of things plays a very big role in your, in your, your self growth or your personal growth or your self esteem
1: Yeah definitely, I think that with, with assertiveness is a huge problem for people who have low self esteem so when, you are, you, when you're going to assert yourself, you're going to do it at moments when your beliefs and your values are being tested. This goes against what I believe, and 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 I think that a lot of the times, you know, with with, with the Muslim community, things are passed down. Um, a lot of things are passed down without explanation. Man, like my husband and I were chatting, and I grew up in Durban, he drew, grew up in Cape Town. But we both had the same rule before Mark, If you had to be in the house <laughs> yes. and, you, and you got a Mursa hiding if you <laughs> didn't come. You didn't know why you didn't know why actually you had to do all these things. We just knew you had this. And our parents didn't have um, all these madrasas and all this education about hadith and things, which is now available. And you found that all these things that were passed down in tradition has a place. It it comes out of the dean, not in a way that they could explain. They just knew that you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. So those things are passed on. We take them on um, because we find the value in it. Mm -hmm. I think what's happening with the generation now is with too much intellect and too little tradition, we're not taking on those things because our intellect is saying that doesn't make any sense. Mm. But you don't actually understand it has a root and a grounding in something more serious ah. so that the beliefs and the values I'll stand up um, my daughter and I we have this she's 14 and I'm I'm much much older than that so mm-hmm. I was 14 but I still remember and this is the generational gap between my 14 and her 14 right but there's a lot of core issues that are still the same where values and beliefs are being tested
2: let's take a break okay. there and discuss that further
1: Styled as a graceful
0: woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith, this is Cover Mode.
2: We are talking about self-esteem and ways of improving your self-esteem. Shinaz and I have just gone through knowing yourself, understanding what makes you feel great, recognizing things that get you down, setting goals to achieve what you want, developing trusting friendships and making you feel, that make you feel good, and not being afraid to ask for help. And then uh, uh, just before the break, we sp- spoke about standing up for your beliefs and your values. And in standing up for your beliefs and your values, it's, uh, we spoke about tradition and um, how important those traditions are. And, and the fact that Islam gives us those, those, a system in which to um, sort of live our daily lives. In that framework and respecting having others al- in fact firstly respecting yourself Self. and what your beliefs and your values are and knowing that there's nothing wrong with that and um, also n- not being imposed by somebody else's mm-hmm. ways because of peer pressure or any sort of pressure um, the other one I have here on the list uh, is helping someone else so Early on we said don't be afraid to ask Ask. for help. Mm. And how is helping someone else... Um, move you closer to improving your self esteem
1: I think you know what it's quite empowering to to believe that you have something to offer somebody else mm-hmm. and if your esteem your self esteem is low when you help somebody else with a challenge you actually if you want a lego that it's one more piece mm-hmm. <laughs> on your on in 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 your lego set or it's it's a firmer stand a base stand for you as a person because you you' always the um not that you want to think better of yourself. But, even as low as your problems may, may go, there's probably somebody with something worse mm. so it also puts your situation in perspective, and then you know, oh my oh, I've been through that. I have this ability to a lot of people who do sort of lay counseling and things have often been through whatever it is they're helping someone else get over, and the strength lies in that, that 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 knowing the knowing and having the that 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 emotional connection with the person because I was where you were. So and it's also
2: that feeling of, of you feel greatly rewarded when someone feels like you've helped them, yeah. or you see that they've developed because of the way mm-hmm. that you've helped them.
1: And I mean, sometimes a smile, and a positive comment, or have a good day, or thank you for your kind help. It's it's something that people don't even say anymore, <laughs> you know. So who knows? Who knows if that wasn't even the help you gave somebody, well, that person was feeling like they can't actually do this job anymore, they, everyone is so rude, and here you come along, and you're polite, and you show gratitude, and that person thinks, okay, maybe there are still people left. Do you think also that because, once we become an adult,
2: uh, adults feel like it's less important to tell <laughs> another
1: adult, you're doing a great job, you're doing wonderful. Yeah, no Affirmations are far and few in between. <laughs> I mean, and you know, when I get onto the topic of affirmations, I'll always link it back to love languages, um, because that's my love language, is words of affirmation. And I find that very few people say positive, affirming things to anyone else. And when you're an adult, often you're sitting. My husband will often say, um, oh, he looks at me and he says, you look so ec- with an expression of expectancy is a time for an affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't come natural because mm-hmm. it's not its not what we do. But it's like any other language. If you learn how to speak it, you'll become fluent. And I've got a nine-year-old who is extremely good with affirmations because it's something that he's learned and watched and you know, he's very manipulative though when he wants something he's very affirming. Mm. <laughs> so but but still it's he's he's going to be somebody's husband and the dad one day. And I mean imagine if he's good with affirmations what that's going to do for him and his relationships. So s- telling somebody wow, because he always says, Mom, that food was so nice. You must teach me how. He first used to say, please tell me, tell my wife how to make it. And I said, she'll divorce you. Uh-huh. He said, okay, tell, tell me, tell me how to make it. And I said, yes. And, and that's what we're talking about, noticing the small things, being being appreciative. And mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I must make food, but it's nice when somebody says, Oh, that was really nice today, mommy. Tell and it me does how. sort of
2: raise your self-esteem yes. when you get that affirmation of how somebody else sees you from the outside. And my five-year-old son does it so nicely because mm-hmm. he <laughs> does it out of the blue. He'll say, mommy, I love you. Yeah. Or he'll Sweet. say, oh, this is good mm. when he's eating food. Mm. This is really good. Yeah. But I mean... <laughs> Out of the blue. And, and I kind of like those, you know, surprise. Surprise ones are nice
1: because you just get caught off guard. And it, those are the ones I Because they're more
2: authentic.
1: Yes, they're <laughs> authentic and they carry more weight. And mm-hmm. I think that that the world would be such a different place if we all went around helping others mm-hmm. with kindness and showing gratitude and just generosity. And I think that um, we always don't think how one small thing makes a big impact on somebody else's life we're always waiting to do big things to make a big impact but sometimes it isn't needed it's a small gesture that's actually going to be very really more meaningful to another person
2: and you know with those people who act with with its hatred mm. or they they're just in this negative space and or whether they are people who generally do good all the mm. time it's taking responsibility for your own actions um, which is also part of 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 having a a better state of self esteem, at that taking responsibility for your own actions, whether it's good or bad, um, and sometimes we do find it difficult to do that. It's mm. like oh okay, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think yes, people more, more likely step up and take ownership when it's something good. And sometimes it wasn't even intentional but there's a good outcome and they still come running forward yes you know it's my and I mean it's a nice feeling to to have something become successful right but when I've done something or didn't do something and it's now a problem what happens then mm. um, so I one, an example would be the day before we left for our road trip I insisted my husband go and fill the Econ gas he takes it away Wednesday. We left on Thursday morning. They say there's a problem. Something's not working. Da da, da. It's quite expensive to fix, but it, there's no time to check. So he comes back. We go on the road trip. The econ doesn't work at all now. It worked oh, before. Mm. It was 40 degrees mm. and 42 degrees where we are currently driving. And I am upset, but I'm upset with myself. I'm not upset with him. He didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong. He just did what I asked him to do. And eventually I had to take ownership and I said, if I didn't force you to take it away, we'd still have that little p- bit of air that we had versus the hot air blowing on us where we can't breathe. Um, and it's, it's about, and he, he didn't make disparaging comments. He just said, I'm so glad that you're aware that you ha- if you hadn't pushed me. Mm-hmm. So we can't change the situation. When you're taking ownership of an, and responsibility of an action, you can't change the situation. But you show the other people involved, I take a responsibility that I know what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't undo it. But sometimes that alleviates the emotional mm-hmm. frustration that goes with the event that's taking place. So I can't undo it. Um, yeah. All right. And uh,
2: we actually have gone through all 10. And it's uh, knowing yourself. One, knowing yourself. Two, understand what makes you feel great. Recognize things that get you down. Set goals to achieve what you want. Develop trusting friendships and make you feel good. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Stand up for your beliefs and values and help someone else. Take responsibility for your own actions. And last of all, take good care of yourself. I hope that Shanaz has been able to give you good tips and improving your self esteem. Shukran so much to you um, Shanaz for coming in. We will be seeing more of her because we hope to have a series of good um, vibes coming from her <laughs> as well that we can share with everyone. Until next week, I'm Rashan Isaacs and this is Cover Mode.